Welcome to Indie Matters, the podcast from the Nevada Independent. I'm your host, Joey Lovato. And today we have a big feature episode for you on the legislative building and the legislature itself. We are currently in the middle of the 2023 legislative session, and I thought it would be a good time to go over the history of the legislature, the building that the lawmakers meet in, and the structure of the government here in Nevada. And even if you're a political junkie, I think you'll probably come away with a few new trivia facts and a deeper understanding and appreciation for the place where politics happens here in the Silver State. In 1861, the Territory of Nevada was created out of what used to be the Utah Territory. The first territorial legislature convened on October 1st, 1861, and was held on top of the Warm Springs Hotel just outside of Carson City. During the 60 days of lawmaking, 25 lawmakers passed 107 pieces of legislation, and notably, Carson City was selected as the capital of the territory. So now, more than 160 years later, the territory is a state, and lawmakers from all across the state still convene in Carson City to pass laws. Instead of 60 days, they now have 120 days to meet, deliberate, and vote. But over time, the way that the government here in Nevada operates has changed a bit. Nevada didn't have a state capitol building until 1871, 10 years after the territorial legislature met for the first time. And the lawmakers actually met in an unfinished building in 1871, which cost about $100,000 to build back then. Legislators met in that state capitol for 100 years before moving to a new legislative building that was built just south of the state capitol. The capitol now houses the governor's office and state executive offices. So me and photographer David Calvert, who you'll hear ask some questions in this piece, got to do a little bit of a behind-the-scenes tour of the building with facilities manager John Vietti. John works for Buildings and Grounds, which is under the Legislative Council Bureau, or LCB for short. They're a nonpartisan agency in state government that helps keep the legislature up and running, and does everything from running the buildings to advising legislators on laws and even assisting in drafting bill language and printing bills. So here's John. The original building was built in 1969, and before that, Assembly and Senate used to be in the Capitol building, and we moved over here, and the building at that time was less than half the size that it is now. Right now, it's about 180,000 square feet, and that includes the chambers. The addition that we did on the back half of the building was built in 1997. It gave the opportunity for the legislators to have their own office. They were able to do more work and meet with more constituents. And now that we've made it to 2023, we are currently in the throes of the 82nd legislative session. Been currently working here almost five years now, doing a lot of different improvements on the building, going around the property. I'm gonna kind of show you what we've done currently and tell you a little bit of history about the complex as we walk around. So you may be thinking to yourself, hang on, the 82nd legislative session? I'm pretty sure there are more than 82 years between 1861 and 2023. And you'd be right. But you have to remember that here in Nevada, we have a biennial legislature. This means that lawmakers in Nevada only meet every other year to pass laws. Only three other states operate this way, Texas, North Dakota, and Montana. Having just 120 days to, to do session, we can't have anything go wrong, you know, and so we, we try to do everything that we can do to, to make sure that if, if we're open for that day that people can still get into the building safely. So in the morning I, I started off and Surprisingly, I, I start the coffee pots for the committee meetings. I, I get here early. Then my coffee staff gets here at 6 a.m. 
And so I get that first round going and then I meet with the chief of police. I have a good meeting with him every morning and just kind of discuss any grounds agreements that are happening for the day and what's happening within the building just so that way we're both aware. From there I, I, I'm going over the project list and I'm meeting with my team and I go in with the buildings group and we discuss every morning what everybody's plan of attack is for the day and we talk about safety for a little bit. Then we all kind of divide and conquer and and some people will team up and to, to get the projects done. And throughout the day, it's we're just always getting new surprises and different calls. Sometimes an elevator will stop working and we're calling up Otis or trying to get somebody to service it as quickly as possible. Definitely very busy. So when people are in the building, they're usually running around hustling and bustling. There's a lot going on when you're inside of the legislature itself. And one of those people that's running around is lobbyist Leah Case, who graciously took some of the time out of her day to give us a tour of the building from her perspective as a professional stalker, as she describes her job. These elevators will take you from the first floor to the fourth floor. Little known fact, the rest of the elevators, only the first through third. Most staircases will take you to the first through third floors. The ones in the back, you can get to the fourth floor, but not the first floor. So these are the stairs that will take you from the second to the fourth floor, okay. but not the first. <laughs> okay, not confusing at all, right? But if you come to the building and get a little bit lost, the good thing is that there are a lot of people who work in the building that should be able to give you some directions. So keeping the building running is important, and this year they actually had to cancel a few days due to snow, which they haven't had to do since 1989. One of the Indies legislative reporters, Tabitha Mueller, actually reported on this while braving a snowstorm in a TikTok that we published earlier this year. Yes, we do have a TikTok now. It's snowing here in northern Nevada, and Governor Joe Lombardo closed all state offices early on Friday and all day Monday and Tuesday. What that means in terms of the legislative process is that all committee hearings are canceled because of the snow. Both the Assembly and Senate gaveled in and quickly adjourned Monday morning without a quorum present because by law they cannot miss three consecutive days in the legislative session. The last time this happened was in 1989. There was also a time in 1937 when lawmakers were stuck in the legislative building because of inclement weather, and surprisingly, they got a lot done, maybe because they didn't have anywhere else to go. Okay, so let's talk about going to the legislative building itself. Why would you want to go to the legislative building, you ask? Well, maybe you'd like to testify in favor or against a bill that is of particular interest to you. There are multiple ways to testify, but one of them is going to the building itself. It's also a good way to see how the lawmaking process in Nevada works but the first thing you need to deal with when you get to the legislature is parking. There's only one parking garage and it tends to fill up pretty quickly. Luckily, there's a lot of free public parking around the building, but it can be a bit of a walk, especially in the winter. Some of our parking is pretty far away. We're limited on parking spaces, especially during session, and we're trying to provide ease of access to people get here, especially during the, the bad weather and stuff like that. So we have two new electric carts and they're protected by the weather and we give people rides to the front door if they need it. Have you ever considered building like a parking garage, another parking garage? We, we have considered that. Yeah. And so trying to get together with budgetary numbers and that's something that we may be looking at in next biennium. We've entertained the idea of possibly even putting a roof over the, the parking structure with solar panels at the top of it. And we've calculated out that we could probably have about 2,400 solar panels at the top, which could counter 
our electric bill by quite a bit. Wow. And so we're also replacing our generator and building emergency power for our building. This one was installed in 1983. It's definitely in need of an upgrade. So once you find parking, you'll start approaching the building and you'll notice some construction happening in the front where they have updated the big granite signs that say Nevada Assembly and Senate. There is also construction on the back side of the building connecting the parking garage to the building itself. John explains what that's all about. We do have a new roof going up and we're about 60% of the way done with, the, with that project right now. We put it on pause during session and we all relate back to our, our homes and stuff like that and how long our, our house roof lasts and how long parts of our homes that break down in 20 years. A lot of the stuff here is very similar but just on a much bigger scale. So you guys, you put some stuff on pause during the session, but other stuff has not been on pause, like this back area between the parking structure and the building. It's Correct. Kind of Correct. So we're, we're making these paths now ADA accessible with a permanent cover coming out of the garage into the east side of the building. And with that, this will be our new security checkpoint that's going to be extended out, outside the back. So we're on the, the south side of the building right now. This is actually one of my favorite parts of the building because you can see sort of the old and new come together. And then you have sort of these faux columns here. And so I'm curious, how would you describe the architectural style of this building? Like it's, it's not Roman, <laughs> it's, it doesn't match the Capitol, but there's elements that sort of tie it in. So what is this? Well, so I would call it Southwestern classic, you know, architecture because the the ephus that's put on it this is a drive it material but it looks very much like stucco and then you have the classic architecture of the columns and that's one of our projects that we're actually putting in for this year is actually changing the possible look of this building we've done a lot of research around the capitol complex and as you can see with the current stucco system there's a lot of cracks and failure points on this EFA system. And we have water penetration coming in through the building. We're trying to come up with a long-term solution. And one of the products that we're looking at is actually a, it's called stone panels. You're looking at a product that has a possible 100-year lifespan, and it only takes pressure washing to clean the, the building. All this area in the front of the building has hydronic heat underneath it to help with ice and snow buildup. It's been a team effort between the buildings team and the grounds team. We've put in a lot of hours this past year. You know, we're getting close to breaking records up there in the mountains. We also added the sitting areas outside. We put in this retaining wall. We want to make it a lot more inviting for people to come out here and sit down and relax and kind of regroup. Thank you. So these are K-12 bollards, and what that means is they're one of the more heavy-duty bollards that you can get. So they place these same bollards on the Las Vegas Strip for safety. So these will pretty much stop a garbage truck going 65 miles per hour. I don't know if you read the story about the incident where they had a vehicle drive into the building. Yeah, you heard that right. A car drove into the legislative building. And if you missed this incident in the news, that's because it actually happened a few decades ago. Somebody did come straight down the street that's obviously right in front of our building and hit the, hit the step and the car flew up onto the center landing of the step. So it gained air and actually went about 20 feet into the air into the building. So in addition to those bollards, now in front of the building, there are also some mounds of grass that provide some protection too. Speaking of protection, 
You've now made it to the entrance of the building, and you'll notice a few new things once you enter the building. There's now a security checkpoint that you have to go through. It's not a metal detector. It's a threat detector, which is mm. what you can walk through with your cell phone and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like my belt won't set it off, but stiletto heels will because they're pointy. Threat. Yeah, my water bottle does not set it off. Well, we just want to keep everybody as safe as possible that come into the building and making sure that we're doing all the measures to provide that. So now we have x-ray machines for any bags. So you have to put that in, in through the x-ray machines now. They just installed new cameras over the pandemic. So they're all like high def, digital. Well, so there's a lot of new security stuff in the building too, right? Yeah, that's kind of unusual. Like only being able to come in through these certain entrances and you get screened every time. Yeah, you're used to kind of just walking in the front door and you're yeah. here. It's a, little, it's a little different now. It is a little different. In my first session, you could leave through any of the doors because there's a lot of like side exits. Mm. Can't do that anymore. And now you're finally inside of the legislative building. This is exciting. They moved mm. the lactation room. It used to be like yeah, down in the back. You had to ask the cops to take you in there and let you in. And then this women's bathroom over here has like the shortest toilets <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this table extends up and turns into a desk. We did start in the lobbyist room where we now have coffee and tea service. That's exciting. It is. I'm, I'm stoked about it. So the Nevada legislature features local art from local artists. So here on the second floor, it's all Native American. And the fourth floor has assembly member offices. This is my favorite bathroom because it has a couch. This is the gift shop. You have to go in here to get your little booklet. Here, come on. Okay. Because we've got Michelle behind the desk. <laughs> and we've got Amanda Bush Deloy over here. And Michelle will give us these booklets. Oh, all right. Which are the legislative Bible. I'm holding the 2023 pocket guide. So you're definitely going to want one of these when you come in because it tells you in alphabetical order all of the senators, all of the assembly people, where their offices are, their phone numbers, email addresses, and everything. And if you walk in a ways, you'll notice that there's actually construction going on inside the building while the legislature is in session. So this is our new research library. Right now and in the past, the research library has been across the street. It's going to be located uh, right here inside the main building where everybody can access it more easily, including legislators. Legislators can actually stop by here. If there was a, a bill that was printed that they wanted to know, more information about, now they can just come down here and get that information needed. You, you got rid of the, uh, the cafeteria. That was kind of, a, I feel like I've heard a lot of people that were like, oh, the cafeteria is gone now. We, we, we did, and we're working on plans to add a new cafeteria to the building. That would be part of the West Security Project. It's going to be two additional floors above the, the first floor that's going to be popping out of there. And on the second floor, we're, we're in discussions of putting a, a nice cafe, caucus deli there. One of the interesting things for us is when we get a, a project approved, we're given the biennium to, to kind of do it. And sometimes there's more time in design than you realize. And State Public Works Board, they actually are typically given a four-year window. Well, we only have an 18-month window kind of in between sessions, you know, of, and then we start session prep, and then, then we're in session for six months. How long do you think it would take to do that expansion if you guys were to do it? So our goal right now is if, if we're able to start on construction documents like here by the end of the month, yeah. we could potentially have it done by next session. And so if the funding gets approved, the deli will actually come back, which I think is a big bonus for a lot of people that work in the building. I know I'll be looking forward to uh, being able to buy some sandwiches again. 
So far this session, they've had food trucks outside to supplement the lack of there being a caucus deli. So you have to go out to those food trucks to order food, but you do have to brave the seemingly never-ending winter that we're experiencing up here in Northern Nevada. Lucky for lawmakers, they actually have a separate kitchen with their own chefs that provide them with food every day that the legislature is in session. That's the kitchen for the legislators. They get food cooked for them every day. Very nice. They don't share. <laughs> So this is one of the perks of being a lawmaker, but it isn't as glamorous as some may think. CEO of the Nevada Independent John Ralston has been reporting in the building since 1987, and he told me a little bit about the old days. So my, my first session was uh, 1987. I had no idea what to expect, and I'd never covered the legislature. And so I thought in that first session that everything was kind of cool, right? Like this, I, I, it, was, it was kind of overwhelming, and I didn't realize how unusual Nevada's legislature was and being relatively small. It did have a small town, small state feel to it more than it does now in both accessibility and just the fact that the rural legislators were so dominant back then in terms of leading the assembly. Joe Dini was the speaker then and he was from Yarrington which was a place I had never heard of in 1987. And so I, I, I guess what I remember most is just how small it felt. Everyone thinks it's super glamorous, and it's not, as you know, being up there. Well, and they don't, how much money do they make? You have to add it all up to what, what they get. I don't know what the latest is, but it's the kind of salary that no one could actually live on. They have some add-ons that get them into five figures, but it's still not that much. So being a legislator in Nevada is not really a viable full-time career. And while I mentioned earlier that the state is unique in that it only meets once every other year, there are other unique things about the legislature. We have what is called a citizen legislature, which means that our lawmakers aren't full-time politicians, they have other jobs. The idea here being that anyone can actually be a lawmaker and that lawmakers are the everyman. In practice, that isn't necessarily how it works out, it kind of works that way but it also means that the only people that can actually be lawmakers are people who can also afford to give up 120 days every other year to come to Carson City and get paid pretty little. Yeah, but the whole concept of the citizen legislature I thought was weird in, in the first place. I, I guess the bottom line is, is that I, I, I kind of felt like the whole thing was, you know, everybody had a conflict. What were these lobbyists doing up there representing these industries and why did we need them? I mean, I was totally naive back then, Joey. And and so I, I thought immediately that a citizen legislature was an anachronism, which, by the way, I still do, because Nevada is not a tiny state anymore. And that's why I'm trying to draw the contrast between now and when it was small and when it was and when it's got, gotten a lot bigger and the legislative building has changed and has gotten bigger Two, there are a lot of good things about that, technology, more professionalism. I always, though, the first moment I got there, I was impressed with the legislative staff, how professional they were, how helpful they were, how knowledgeable they were, how these really talented people who could have been making a lot more money elsewhere had decided to dedicate themselves to these, you know, anonymous jobs, essentially, but where they really had a lot of control over the process, not that they abused it, but that they really had to help these part-time legislators. The actual lawmaking process that happens in the building can sometimes have a few hiccups, even with the building running so smoothly. It's a terrible system. It has been a terrible system 
for a long time and it got worse when they passed the 120 day limitation, to be honest with you, Joey, because they have these artificial deadlines and they can change those rules at any time too, which is a problem, right? And so it's just an artificially compressed time where it's not, you know, can they do their business? They're forced to do their business. There's not as much deliberation. That break every other year does help the building and grounds crew get some of the work done that would be more difficult when there are lots of people in the building. I would say that we're almost a different kind of busy during the interim, but we're busier during interim because that's when everything has to get done. And so during session, we're more or less, you know, making sure everything continues to work and everybody's comfortable and pictures are hung and, and we're making deliveries. And so it's a much different job from when we're in session to when we're during, during the interim when we're trying to get all these projects done. Photographer David Calvert and I were actually lucky enough to see one part of the building that is elusive to many of the people that frequent the building every day. Even lawmakers don't regularly get to see what we saw. The elusive fifth floor. There are technically five floors and the fifth floor is where the margarita bar is, but we're not allowed up there. Honestly, I don't know what's up on the fifth floor. So we're on the fifth floor of the legislative building. This, we refer to this as the penthouse, but really it's just a mechanical room. And so we have our main switch gear. We have our water treatment. We have our chiller right outside the door here. We have our new cooling towers. We've seen all the mechanical stuff. The movie theater is over there and then the bar is over here. That's, that's what the rumors say. And no, there's none of that. There's just all the all the mechanical equipment and there's one of our vacuums, large vacuums for our hallways and larger rooms. What is the most ridiculous rumor you've heard about the fifth floor? I've heard the rumor, the wet bar, the jacuzzi, of course, but it really, it's just, a, it's just a mechanical room. We keep a lot of our extra tools up here. A few people that have been up here are disappointed in what they find out what's actually up here. I mean, it, this must feel like your baby. Do you ever get like kind of emotional about the building and kind of sentimental about everything? I do, I do. I, I, I take a lot of pride in being able to, to be a public servant and work in Nevada. This is the coolest place in the world to work is with the legislators and where Nevadans and just people can walk in and, and talk and get their voices heard. So, and to be a part of that, that's, that's amazing. Thank you for listening to this episode of Indie Matters. I'd like to thank David Calvert, John Vietti, Leah Case, and John Ralston for being on the show today. This episode was produced and edited by me, Joey Lovato, with additional help from Michelle Rendells and David Calvert. If you want to support the show, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. You can also email us at podcast at Our theme song is from Emily Pratt, and we have additional music from Storyblocks, June Pearson, Tom Fox, and myself. Thank you for listening to Indie Matters. I'm your host, Joey Lovato, and we'll talk to you next week.